Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. NBA fans and blog boys, uh, had to had to had to give a shout out to the blog boys out there. Um, welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host Nick Smith. Uh, joining me on the other line is Juwan Carter. What's up, Juwan? What's going on? Nothing much, man. Just just uh, as we were talking uh, pre-show, um, I'm super pumped for uh, Into the Badlands season three comes out in less than a month. Um, I know, I know you were telling me you're a big fan of the show as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Excuse me. I was, I was a huge fan. I remember posting it on the page and no one really said anything. And I was just like, ah, maybe this is my lonely life. And and now it's really good that you're into it. So we can totally geek out for uh, season three. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I'll I'll be your uh, partner in crime on that one. We'll, uh, we'll definitely dedicate some time to some shows for it. Cause, uh, yeah, it's it's fucking super badass. Uh, and also joining us is our buddy Joel Jimenez. What's up, Joel? What's good, guys? My bad. I was just—I apparently the only one that respects the schedule for this show in this house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it on silent in the in the background. Um, by the way, just before we jump into our NBA topics, who who y'all taking tonight, Michigan or Nova? Hmm, I'm torn because uh, I have some I got some love for Nova because they were one of my choices from the beginning, but I also mm-hmm. got some love for Michigan because they produced two of my better the better players on my team at the moment. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna ooh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Nova still. I'm gonna ride with Nova, but uh, I'm not I'm not hundred percent confident in that. <laughs> I tell you, Juwan, I know you you don't follow college basketball to like the nth degree, but but uh, who you who you got in this game? Uh, I'm going Michigan. Uh, I have deep ties to uh, Michigan from my father, so I'm going uh, oh. with Michigan. Ah, oh, nice. You got a horse in the race. There you go. That's 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 tight. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Nova. The way they just destroyed Kansas makes me think they're just that they're just better than everybody else. Um and <laughs> well, what a year for Philly fuckers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh but you, you know what's interesting too about Nova? I think Villanova has one of the best um like the the best recruiting and coaching uh programs in the country because they get the kind of talent like a Mikhail Bridges 
um, or like a Jalen Brunson, mm-hmm. who isn't like this, you know, top five-star elite talent. So they, they, they don't get those one-and-dones that, say, Duke and Kentucky get. Um, and it's actually more beneficial for them because even though these guys that are joining Duke and Kentucky are going to go on to be better NBA basketball players, most likely, um, I, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure that Mikael Bridges isn't going to be a fucking stud. I, I'm really high on him. Um, but uh, because they get these guys that aren't these these huge name recruits, they're able to keep them in the system for two, three, sometimes even four years. Um, and it just it, it creates a more cohesive team, a team that knows each other better, that's played multiple seasons together. Um, I, it, it makes me it makes me wish that we didn't have, we, and we've discussed this at nauseum, but it makes me wish we didn't have one and done because like this is what college basketball teams should look like, is what Villanova looks like. Um, would you agree with that, Joel? Yeah, I definitely can't argue with that. Um, but that is kind of how life is right now in NCAA. Yeah. Uh, it's been one and yeah. done for a while. They've tried to to, to stop that, um, but they, they can't. You know, they stopped them coming out of high school, and now that was that was the obvious next step is to come right out the first year. So <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, you know, for, for good it basketball, like, if you want to watch. Like what, right? Like you just said, like watching a team that's been together a while. That that's not just a whole bunch of talented individuals. It's it's but a good team. It's just right. not as common in basketball because usually the teams that stay together usually don't have the best talent. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But I don't think it's any surprise that like even the team on the other end, Michigan, no. is a team that's kept players. Like they don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think Michigan's ever had a one and done. I mean, I could be wrong, maybe one, but, like, like their best player, uh, Mo Wagner, um, and that guy's, I'm, I'm sure, going to, uh, you know, go to the NBA draft this season. He might even be a late first-rounder. Um, I think I got him I think I got him pegged more, like, early to mid-second-rounder, but, um, I mean, he could certainly be a, a late first-rounder. Um, but he's a junior, so, like, you know, you got that going on on the other side too. And then now you got this this kid coming out here, like uh, I forget his name, but this kid coming out uh, of high school saying, you know what, screw it, I'm just gonna yeah. go uh, go to the G League, like which is kind of cool. Like, I'm intrigued. I'm not sure it's a good idea, but it'll be interesting. See, it'll what? certainly make me want to watch a G League game. You know what I mean? Darius like, Baisley or Basley. Darius Baisley. Yes. Basley. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's how you... <laughs> Yeah, it would. I, I would hope it's Baisley. It sounds cooler than Baisley. It does. It sounds like it does, Baisley, and that's just no good. Um, but, Juwan, <laughs> what are your thoughts on On the uh, – would you say Baisley going to the, the G League? Yeah, just go go, yeah, go ahead and yeah. go into the G League and saying, you know, fuck college. I'm just going to – I'm going to go ahead and get paid basically like nothing. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. think the base salary for a G Leaguer is like $26,000. Um, which you could make more money if you if you go to a top program and just take it illegally. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, he's just like, you know what? I don't even want to mess with that. I don't want to go to school. I want to I want to get on a G League team. I want to play with the talent, um, you know, better talent against better talent, grown men. Um, you know, I don't want to go over to Europe to do this. You know, I want to you know stay stay close to home. And so that's that's 
you know, that's what I'm going to do. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that, Joel? I like it. Uh, I mean, because it, it, if it works, it'll inspire more kids to want to try to take that route. Um, yeah. And if he fails, it'll still make more kids want to take that route. Because what other kids will say is, oh, well, he was just garbage. Like, I'm better than him. Like, I can go there and, you know, True. drop 30 a game mm-hmm. and, you know, make a success out of myself. So either way, he's starting something uh, that that could truly be very special. Um, so I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of uh, anytime someone is confident in themselves enough to do something that others deem just completely insane. Uh, because if you believe in yourself that much, enough to kind of spark what could be a, a revolution uh, for these young kids to, to embark down, I'm completely with it. Uh, but like I said, for, for the G League as a whole, it's a win-win. If he fails, more kids will want to do it. If he succeeds, more kids mm-hmm. will want to do it. So if you're the G League, picture having a LeBron-like uh, you know, player out of high school coming to the G League. You now have people glued to the television to watch that kid. Mm-hmm. As, a, right. as opposed to right now where people could care less about the G League. So, again, for yeah, the G League, true. it's a win-win. For that kid, yeah, I'm looking forward to that win. G League draft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, like, see where it goes. <laughs> I, I think the notion of two drafts is stupid. Like, I think, I, I think they should just do away with one and done. And if a guy wants to come into the NBA early, then, um, then just say that they have to sign a, a – um, what are those called? Two way two way contracts. So that way mm-hmm. they can get some games in the G League, they can get some games in the real league. Um, I think a two way contract you can't have the player with the team more than forty five days out of the year or forty five games out of the year or something like that. I can't remember if it's days or games. Um, but like however, you know, that, that sort of contract is constructed, like that makes even more sense to me. Bring in your eighteen year old let him play some, some G League games, let him play some NBA games, and then, you know, basically that's on a one-year one deal, and then, you know, he gets the real money the following year, basically. Like, he gets, mm-hmm. he gets like, you still get to keep your rookie guaranteed contract, um, but you just mm-hmm. don't start getting paid what that would be until the following year when you're a full-time NBA player. Does that make sense, Joel? Pretty much. I, I, I think I see where you're going. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, all, I'm down for something like that. I think we talked about something similar not that long ago when this kind of came up, and probably I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I, I just think it would be I, I think it would be more beneficial to m- most parties considered. The only the only agree, kind of aggrieved party because as we just said, I think it would actually help college basketball. Um, but the only real aggrieved party is the NBA teams who like have to draft, you know, a guy straight out of high school. But scouts are so much better than they used to be and coverage is so much better than it used to be. Like if you can't if you can't tell somebody's gonna be good out of high school, like you probably shouldn't be an NBA scout. <laughs> like just just right. point blank is you know how I would put it. But uh but anyway guys, let's get into the topics. Um Kevin Durant had a lot to say last week on the Bill Simmons podcast. Uh I'm gonna throw out uh one quote um, and then just kind of touch on a couple of the other things that he said. Um, probably the quote that's going around social media the most is about them blog boys, talking about us. 
Um, he says, all you blog boys and you fanboys that's going to use everything I say and create an article, watch a basketball game. How about you write that? I just want to say that because all these guys are going to write articles and get real mad about what I said tonight. They're going to put their emotions into it. It's not about you. Watch a basketball game. Enjoy the game. Stop worrying about me so much. I just wanted to say that. Um, did, by the way, did did either one of y'all get a chance to catch any of the actual interview? I didn't. No, I didn't see you on like, the Saturday before Easter, so I'm sure you probably didn't, but I thought I would ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we were just, we were we were recovering from DC, so we didn't get a we yeah. didn't get a chance. Yeah, yeah, I was in that's vegetable right, mode after that trip. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you. Uh, well, just for someone who did uh, watch both part one or listen to both part one and part two, it's like two and a half hours long, like all together. Um, so it's a it, it's a commitment, but it's some interesting shit. Um, it's like. First of all, I love Bill Simmons' podcast. It's one of the best podcasts that's out there. Um, And, like, he's, like, the one guy who Kevin Durant will, like, openly talk to who's, like, in the media. Um, Like, they have some Mm -hmm. kind of weird bond. Um, But it's really cool to hear Kevin Durant talk so candidly um, about stuff. Um, Now, he still has this guard about him that I noticed. I still – I feel like he's the kind of person who is – very sensitive, but doesn't recognize that he's very sensitive. Um, and there's a lot of people in the world like that. Like Kevin Durant's certainly not the only one. Um, but you could tell just in the interview, like with, with like Bill Simmons would say like something to the effect of, you know, uh, can, can I, like what, like what, what do you think you like have improved on this year? Um, like that, you know, you've gotten like a lot better at, or how do you think you've uh, improved your game this year? And, and Bill was like, I know like what I think, but like, what do you think? And, he, and Kevin was just like, well, just go ahead and tell me what you think. And so Bill's like, you know, uh, well, I know you're probably going to take this the wrong way and like get mad at me, but like your, your, your rim protection, like defense has gotten a lot better. And sure enough, Kevin Durant's like, what, my rim protection defense wasn't good before? Like, it's like, bro, come on, dude. Like, you were leading the league in blocks at one point in the season. Like, why are you trying to take a compliment and turn it into something? Um, but uh, but anyway, he had a lot to say on social media uh, and how he feels like it, it uh, negatively impacts the game. He also had a lot to say on ad- analytics um, and how he – like, despises analytics, and they don't really matter. Um, Even Mm. though, like, the Warriors are probably, like, as far as the way that they have constructed the way their roster plays, even before Kevin got there, or had kind of used – seemingly used analytics a lot in in forming how they – you know, how their offense runs. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, part of that part of that maybe is is less analytics and just the fact that you got Clay Thompson and Steph Curry in your backcourt. So of course you're going to shoot a bunch of threes. Um, but it seems like it definitely seems like there's a lot of analytics there um, that have been there on that team. Um, he also had a lot to say about just being a, like a superstar and like looked up to um, and how he feels like he's just a, you know. He's just another person. Like he's really good at, at, at his job, and um, but like he's he's no different from anybody else. Uh, like he he genuinely seems to believe that. And from the you know um, conversation that I got, um, he even uh, listed an example of like 
he uh, he picked up Taco Bell um, like after after they won the championship. I guess you know he like kind of a treat yourself um, after winning the championship. So he he got some Taco mm-hmm. Bell and he said it like destroyed his stomach. He was like, man, I was on the toilet for like you know blah blah blah. And he was like, yeah, it's like the, he was like that's when it dawned on me. Like I'm just like everybody else. Like I ain't got no golden <laughs> stomach. And I thought that shit was fucking hilarious. So some people have been taking it the wrong way, but I thought it was really funny. Um, he also had a lot to say on uh, on uh, Russell Westbrook, um, and in very positive fashion. Um, uh, when Bill Simmons asked him uh, who the second guard on the first all-NBA team should be, um, he said, you know, Steph Curry, because that's his teammate. But Steph Curry's only played 51 games. You know, Steph, he was like, no, I'm not – I can't put him on there. Like, he's only played 51 games. That's like 62% of the games. Like, we're not putting him on first team all-NBA. And uh, so he said, you know, if you're not going to put Steph, you got to put Russ. Um so I, I don't know if that's, like, feigning loyalty or if he really believes that or if it's just, a like, a true sense of loyalty um, to the guy that he used to play with. But, I mean, I thought that was pretty interesting. I was definitely surprised. I was, I was expecting him to say Damian Lillard. Um, but, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also uh, – he's in the camp with Uge Juan. Uh He thinks Donovan Mitchell should be MVP. Um, he thinks the way he's been able to step in and lead that team. Uh, I'm, not, I'm sorry, uh, rookie of the year, my bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 my bad. Uh, he thinks he should be rookie of the year, said the way he's been able to step in, lead that team, the way that he just plays to win games. Um, he uh, kind of sees a lot of himself uh, in there. But anyway, lot, lots to unpack in this article. No chance we could go over all of it. Like I said, it's like two and a half hours long, uh, the interview, rather. Um, but definitely go check it out. Uh, but what are your, like, out of out of those kind of uh, different stories and things, what, what kind of stands out to you in the in the mix of all that, Jawan? Uh, same thing I always told you guys. Kevin Durant is a guy who is not in touch with who he would like to be um, as far as, um, you know, to the media. He thinks being this uh, quote-unquote bad guy works for him. Um and I, I honestly just see somebody who wants people to like him, but also wants people to leave him alone. So it's like one of those people that, like, get into – it reminds me of musicians these days, the musicians that are like, I want the fame, I want the accolades, I want the money, but, like, I don't want the attention. And it's like, well, it it kind of comes with it. It's a package deal. And you just have to either blur out the noise or go get a nine-to-five. So Kevin Durant just seems like one of those guys that's like, I want you guys to love me. I want you guys to realize that uh, I think I'm one of the greatest in the game. I want you guys to, uh, you know, uh, establish me as like a champion and this and that. And then it's like, but when you say something I don't like, I'm going to really get, get upset. And it's like, dude, that comes with the territory. LeBron went through it. Jordan, I'm I'm pretty sure even though everyone like unanimously loves Jordan, I'm pretty sure there was some beat writer that oh, was saying Jordan it definitely was. You know, you, oh yeah, Joe, back, in, so, back in the late '80s, it was like, can Jordan get uh-huh. past Detroit? Jordan can't right. get past Detroit. So, like that was the narrative. So it's yeah. it's one of those things where it's like if you want to be great, you have to know that negativity comes with it. Now uh, these guys are just doing their job. They see something on the court. They report it. They hear something about what's going on uh, in the locker room. They report it. 
So to me, Kevin Durant seems to be taking it overly personal. And what I find the funniest is Steph usually got the most scrutiny out of everybody. Draymond usually got the most scrutiny, not out of everybody in the NBA, I just mean on that team. Uh, those two guys were scrutinized, like, all the time. And you never hear Steph and Draymond, like, you know, saying to the media, you know, talking about and to the media uh, as much as Kevin Durant does. And to me, like I yeah. said before, he has to become comfortable with himself and realize who he wants to be. I told you guys when LeBron went to Miami, he embraced being a villain. So he, so he realized, I don't feel comfortable trying to be someone I am not. So, uh, you know, Charles Barkley was saying last night, like, maybe this uh, this morning, I'm sorry, maybe this is Durant. And it's like, I don't think so. I think Durant is a really nice guy who, for some reason, thinks it's really cool to have this bad boy ego. And I don't know why he wants it, why he's embracing it, but it's going to hurt his team the same way we talk about how it would have, you know, uh, Draymond doing this hurts his team. So Kevin Durant at some point just has a kind of, put his finger on who he wants to be and stick to it. I I hear you. Um like listening to the to the like full interview, like I said, I definitely got the impression that he is is overly sensitive and not in recognition of the fact that he is sensitive. Um like I, I think he almost kind of feels like everybody's that way. And it's like, you know, like when when somebody says something to LeBron that LeBron doesn't agree with, but you see that reaction from him. He's just like, whatever, you know, like it, it doesn't seem to bother him. He's just like, man, you're wrong. You know, um, when, when you see it, like with, with Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook's just like next question, like, like, or, or he'll, he'll, he'll ask a question in frame, you know, in, in lieu of that, like, um, like a little combative, but not to the point of, of how Durant does it. Um, or even like Steph the other day, he was on first take and, you know, Max asked him a question uh, basically saying that, you know, prefacing the question of, you know, how confident are you guys in, in, in repeating? Um, and he, he even said like, look, I, I, I've been on the record as saying that I think that, you know, uh, Houston is, is the better team this year. Um, and, you know, like, could you imagine what, like, what what Kevin Durant's reaction would have been to that question? Like, and Steph was just like calm and collected, like, yo, blah 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 blah. But like to me, all of that is just KD's personality. Um, even when he was in OKC, he took things like like little criticisms like that. He 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 really took to heart. Um, and you know, I don't know. I I I think that is just part of his personality. Um, but I do agree in the sense of. Like you, sometimes you just gotta learn to let things go. Like you just got you gotta. It's it's a life lesson, and some people learn it earlier than others. Um, but it's never too late to learn that lesson. Like sometimes you just gotta let things like just roll off your back and keep on trucking, man. Um, but yeah, that's that's an interesting point, um, Joel. You know, what are your kind of general thoughts on you know any of the things that I mentioned from the interview? Um, I kind of got the feeling that he there's a little bit of obviously uh, insecurity in him, in him. Yeah. Uh, he's a little insecure uh, for some reason. Uh, he's obviously one of the best players in the game. I don't think he I think he understands that, but at the same time, he also looks at yeah. himself as just a normal dude. So that's why when he left to go to the Warriors, I could see why he 
despite like he doesn't think he, that highly of himself. So for him, that's nothing. But for everyone else from the outside looking in, is like, what are you doing? Like, why would you do right. that? What could, yeah. Um. But to him, he's like, I'm nobody. I'm just another player. I'm I'm good. I know I'm good, but I'm not this good or that good. And that's why when he left to go to the Warriors, maybe that's why he made the decision that he did because he just felt like he wasn't good enough to do it himself. And so as or, confident as he is, yeah, he's not he, so – go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, or, you know, it could not even be that, you know, he wasn't good enough to do it himself, but just he didn't like his role in that offense. Um, mm-hmm. And he just felt like, you know, it's, you know, we've discussed it before. Like for him to – it seems like for him to take the next level, to take that next step in his his transformation of play, he had to be in an offense that catered to him. It's just unfortunate oh, right. for the league and for the rest of us that the type of offense that he wanted also had three all-stars on it. You know what I mean? But, right. but, exactly. what, I, but what I'm saying is, is I totally agree with you. I don't think he saw it in the frame of – I think he saw it in the former of what I was saying, like this is the kind of offense that I want to play in and not the latter, mm-hmm. which the rest of us all see it as, is you just joined a 73-win team who has three all-stars. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think he was, I don't think he was cognizant of it, and I still don't think he gets it because he still doesn't understand why people uh, still kind of hold it against him, you know? Right, and I, I think that's really what it comes down to, and at least that interview gave me that, that feeling again that maybe he's just like ignorant to the idea that he is as good as he is. Um, because I do believe he's confident in his game. I just don't know if he understands why we were so upset <laughs> as to why he made the decision yeah. that he did. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, who does – like, anybody that good has done that kind of – that's a big – that's just crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. but whatever, you know, it is what it is. He I, I, he did what he did, Um, and we've got a the little bit. The league has had a year to react. Yeah, and you can see it. The, the league has shuffled around his decision. Um, for the better in certain aspects, so I can't really complain as much as uh, I was. I was. I thought it was gonna be worse, so I'm excited that it's gotten yeah. better. Yeah. And um, yeah, it is. It is what it is. That's how he feels. He's obviously, like I just said, um, insecure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely think. Uh, I, I, honestly, I I don't think he's like. I didn't. I I didn't pick up personally as much. Um, that he was is like insecure in his game, um, but no, yeah. like insecure in the sense of like, um, like kind of like what Jawan was saying. Like he he, I I think he, you know he does want people to like him, and he had the luxury of when he was in OKC, he was like the least scrutinized superstar. He went from like the least right. scrutinized superstar to the most scrutinized superstar. Because, like, yep. he didn't get any shit when he was in OKC. Russell Westbrook nope. always got all the shit. Like, it was, yep. Russ is taking too many shots. Um, this is should be KD's team. Why is yep. Russ taking seven He's more shots in a playoff game? And, yeah. And, like, and, and that's the thing. Like, he, he was, like, he was, like, the one superstar who never caught really any shit. And then when he decided to go to Golden State, it was, like, he became the most scrutinized. Um for all the reasons that yep. we, you know, we discussed. Um, and I think that's right. just what's fucked with him. I think that is, yeah. um, 
is is a big thing for him, well, you know. Um, well, but go ahead, George. No, I was going to say the biggest, like you were saying, the biggest thing that he's that he's seeing now that he didn't get in OKC because again, when you play with a player like Westbrook, they don't. Um, a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, you guys are great because of you and Westbrook." It's not just you. Now that you're on Golden mm-hmm. State, they're looking at Kevin Durant to be the best player in the world. So it's like they have to look at you the same way that they look at I don't agree with at, that notion. Uh, I don't I, get hold that on, notion. Hear me out. Hear me <laughs> okay, out. I'm, okay. saying, I'm, I'm saying the level of scrutiny that he's getting now, uh, a lot of things attribute to it. One is he went to a team that looked like it could have been fine on its own. And two – uh, I, think no one was the, saying, I think that's the one thing, though, that's, like, above anything no, because, else. But go ahead. Finish no, your, finish I'm sorry. No, no one was saying that Kevin Durant was the best player in the world when he was in OKC. No one. No, I don't I know how that would help it, his case now that he left over there either. That's, that was my right. case. Right, but I, I'm saying now that, now that he's being looked at as, as someone who could possibly be the best in the world, what comes with that, is everything we've seen LeBron yeah, like go through. Yeah, like you and Bayless and, like, three other people. Like, yeah. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I said that there's not – there may be, like, 3% of the population who legitimately thinks that Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. No, 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 no. I'm not – this isn't me saying that he is the best player. I'm saying no, the I, media I now is, is seeing it like he could be the best player in the world. Or I mean, at least LeBron, again, the narrative. Right, right. So that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. The the level of scrutiny and you know uh, reaction from the media is going to be a lot worse now than it's than it ever was for him. So he has to realize, like, all right, well, along with wanting to be the best player in the NBA and wanting to win championships, that's what's going to come mm-hmm. with it. I mean, you speaking of Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless dedicates three hours every day to finding any way possible to shit on LeBron James. That's yeah, what the media is doing with Kevin Durant. So he has to realize that that comes with it. So just yeah. suck it up and go out there and be great. That's what LeBron's forced to do every single day. I mean, yep. so just get over it. Yeah, well, and and I I, I think it's interesting, too, um, because I think, you know, Joel, you, you kind of casually mentioned that doesn't help his argument. Um, and that's the no, biggest thing, too, not. is like – is, is like maybe there was a conversation uh, involving Kevin Durant for who the second best player in the league was um, before he went to Golden State. But you're right, Juwan. There was no con- like the, the, the conversation was before he went to Golden State was Steph Curry or or LeBron James, right? Like that was the conversation. Oh right. uh, yeah, all had. for a moment, for a time there was. But I thought he for was like, at least for, top three. For like 18 months we were having that conversation. Or maybe not quite 18 yeah, months. But for at least a year, because he won that MVP yeah. and then he won, he won back-to-back. He won the unanimous MVP, and that was like – that was right. a big narrative. Um, yeah. Especially after, after like, that unanimous MVP season, because like, he just went off. Um, but, yeah, banana. well, that was like yeah. what? Yeah. No, yes. Yeah. Steph at one point was because some people were were ready to say he was the best player in the league because right. he at one point felt like he was like that guy that small, but he was still dominating in a way that right. even LeBron wasn't at that moment. Obviously, the narrative has changed since then, but there was a moment. Yeah, they were t- top two. Um, but I always imagined Durant was a top two, top three guy for years now. So 
Yeah. You know, to me, it's him going to the Warriors did not help his case because I'm like, how can you consider? How can you make? How can you say you're the best player in the league and then have also the best help in the league? You know, like you went. It is not like they came to you or you developed there. You went to get the best help you can find. I don't just don't get it. This isn't like it's equal. The equal the numbers don't match for me. Like, how can you say you're the best player in the league and and then join the best team in the league? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't. Does it make sense? Yeah. Whatever. No, no. I, I mean, think... I feel you. It's it's a it's a valid argument, but Juwan. No, I, I see exactly what Joel is saying. I would say this. The biggest thing I was looking for from Durant when he came to this team was, all right, now that you're playing with some of the best players uh, in the league, um, you have to shine brighter. Like, there has to be no yeah. doubt that they are winning games solely because of you. And I feel as though Durant has answered that since being there. But I completely agree with you, Joel. When you try to say, like, hey, look at me, I'm the, I'm the greatest in the game right now, it's like, all right, well, that's kind of, like, really easy to say with three of the top 15 players in the NBA right now. Like, that's kind of right. really easy yeah. to say. But to me, as exactly. long as your star shines the brightest, that is what makes it undoubtedly that you're still that top two talent. Yeah, no, and I, I feel you there. Like, I mean, because his, his defense has increased, and the only way that that is possible is because he's not relied upon as much on offense. Um Right, because he's got other guys around him who can score the basketball. Um, and you could um, but, also argue that Steph Curry was a top MVP candidate, like earlier in the season before, obviously. Oh yeah, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah, before, it, but before he went through his slew of injuries. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, but like, but yeah, I mean, again, the thing, the thing that I just kind of go back to is, like, it, it, like I, I have no doubt that. Um, he is the most talented player on that team. I think we can all agree that Steph Curry is the most important yeah, player on the team. Um, mm-hmm. But Katie's the most talented player on the team, um, both physically mm-hmm. and, and, and athletically. Because let's not forget, it's the fact that he's seven feet tall and no one can block his shot. That And he can hit hit that, those shots consistently. Like That's that's yeah. his advantage. That's the big reason he's why he's the most... <laughs> yeah, that's why he's the most talented player on the team. Um, but, like... And, and yes, he won Finals MVP and all that, and and I get it, I get that. Um, however, so nigga dollar. My Tell me counter, what, <laughs> well, hold on one second. What 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 my counter what my counter to that would be though is does is is he the obvious reason why they're winning games, or is he the obvious reason why they only had one loss in the whole playoffs last year? Like, you, you know what I mean, like. He, the, the, yeah, it's the balance of power that shifted from that one move that I think upsets so many people, and I understand that. I don't, I'm not saying he made the wrong, right or wrong decision because that's not even my place to say. Um, right. Like I, I said it from the beginning. I thought if he was going to go anywhere, he should have gone to Boston. Um, but you know, he didn't. He chose to go to Golden State, and you know, obviously, he won a championship and he got the he got the MVP. Um, but I will say this: I don't. I'm not sure that they needed him to win a championship last year. I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest. I, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they kind of proved that the last two seasons. Um, so, right. you know, like, I don't know. 
I mean, if you had I, if, if you had Harrison, Harrison Barnes on that team, Harrison Barnes ain't no slouch. Like he ain't no, no KD. But, like, but he ain't I will no say slouch. This. I will say this. Let's let's not forget in that series, if LeBron instead of passing to Corver, had have taken that that layup himself and went to the free throw line. Oh, if that's, a, that, that, that's a smart pass. No, 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 Corver no. Corver no, makes no, that no, shot no. like sixty percent of the time. I'm not. I'm not blaming LeBron. Hear me out. I'm saying if LeBron had taken it upon himself, possibly knocked down those free throws and won that game instead of Durant coming down and just obliterating that series for for Cleveland, Cleveland had to win that game. They won the the one after that. That series could have been not different as far as, like, maybe Cavs would have taken it to seven and win, but a lot more competitive down the stretch. If you take Durant off that, I don't know if Harrison Barnes is affecting the game the way that Durant did because Durant oh, had no. tip-offs. No, 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 no. That's, that's not LeBron, what I'm saying at all. <laughs> no, I know. I'm saying LeBron averaging a triple-double through the course of that final. If there's no KD, I then give Cleveland seven games that it's a toss-up on whether or not uh, they exactly. win. Exactly. And isn't that what we want? In the <laughs> Like, yeah. Right. And so, wait, wait. I agree. So, no, no. So, so, wait. So, I get it. So, like, I mean, as far as from a um, a player's perspective, sure. Like, you made the right decision. But as far as from a fan's perspective, which is, you know, what most of us are, it, it sucks. <laughs> like, it fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I was only speaking to uh, to the point that you were saying. No, because you were saying that you thought uh, Golden State could have won that series last year without Durant. I was just making the point. Yeah, I do. I I do think they could have. No, they could have, yes. I don't think it was definitive. LeBron averaged a triple double. The only the only No, I know. The only only Durant did one thing. It brought the percentage up to 90%. Right, but that's what I was about to say. I was going to say the only deterrent of Cleveland even being remotely competitive was Durant was on the other side. So if you take Durant yeah, off, well, LeBron averaging a triple double. Kind of why we were not happy a lot with the whole move. Right, yeah, no, no, and, and that I just goes back to the whole notion. It's like I, I think it just it just, again it just boils down to this. It's like did Durant make the best decision for his legacy? Yes. Did he make the best decision? For um, his, like, I mean, like, personal life and shit. I mean, that's for him to decide as far as maybe his his financial career in the future, maybe with the connections that he, you know, made, hopefully he's made out, out west in Silicon Valley and shit. Maybe that's, maybe that's worth it. But, like, like, do I think, does he seem as happy as he did when he was playing in OKC? No. He doesn't. He he just doesn't. So like, it, it's kind of one of those old old age um, uh, things. It's just like, you know, uh, what's 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 worth more to you? Um, and I still have no doubt in my mind that had he stayed in OKC, they would have won at least one championship. No doubt in my mind. Absolutely zero doubt at all. Because um, right. he would have been right. joining. You're like like, and here's the thing. Like he would have been joining a team with Russell Westbrook, Victor Oladipo, who was a season shy of just fucking going off, like <laughs> uh, KD himself, um, 
and then uh, you know uh, Stephen Adams and his Cantor, uh, you know obviously they would have had to figure it out their four situation. Honestly, had they had like a, you know a decent coach, they probably would have slid Durant to the four and, and played uh, um, uh, uh, Robertson um, just for the defense's sake. Um, mm-hmm. But like like there's no doubt in my mind that Presley would have would have continue to put the talent around to keep them competitive, and eventually they would have won a championship. Um, but nevertheless, like, it, as far as, you know, the whole topic of KD, we've kind of spiraled down the whole of conversations we've had before. Um, so let's uh, let's book in that one and move on uh, to uh, the other 6'11 freak athlete, um, probably even more, definitely more athletic than uh, KD, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, recently said mm. in an interview, I have to say it like that. If I don't say it like that, I mispronounce it. So, like, I always say really? it like Antetokounmpo. Yeah, it's just like it, it just it, it rolls off the tongue if you say it like that. Um, sure. But he recently stated in an interview, uh, and it, actually it's interesting, this interview is not really being covered that much. It was an interview that he had with, a, a, like, a Greek um, uh, uh, tabloid or reporter or something like that. So it was like had to be mm-hmm. translated from Greek, um, and it's not really being passed around that much. Um, Tyt Sports right. it was my source for this. Um, uh, but uh, he, he he said while he was committed, and I'm paraphrasing here, committed to winning uh, in Milwaukee, um, and that he would do his part if others don't do their part he and the organization might be served, uh, best served uh, to part ways. Um, we've seen this kind of narrative before from superstars on, on you know, small market teams. We saw it very recently, right. even earlier this season, with Anthony Davis, um, you know, kind of before um, they Lillard. started tying things together. Um, and Lillard, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Giannis's, you know, uh, kind of the – almost kind of the, um, I won't say like 90-degree turn, but maybe like 45-degree turn from like where he was earlier in the season saying, you know, I you know, I, I don't like these big cities. I don't like L.A. I don't like New York. I like Milwaukee. I like where I am, like just being 100% about it. Um, and, you know, kind of now maybe seeing – some of writing on the walls, like your coach got fired, you're, you know, gonna probably get eliminated in the first round, short of a miracle, um, and you know, you you've got like this one guy who's just utterly terrific, but you can't seem to make the pieces around him work. Uh, Joel, what are your thoughts? Um, I think it's I think it's fine, honestly. Um, you gotta keep I think you gotta keep the organization on notice. Uh, especially small, small market teams, they might get complacent because you have such a great player. You got him for a while, so you don't want these these organizations to get complacent. So, in my opinion, um, him saying what he had to say, I think is smart for him and for I think any guy that wants to succeed in in the NBA, especially a guy as young as him. And I think he can dominate in the next couple of years. Uh, the guy is a, is a beast. He is a yeah. he's a freak, <laughs> the Greek freak. And uh, I think he's not that far away in Milwaukee, honestly, personally. Uh, I think they're almost there. It's maybe a couple, like a piece or two. Uh, maybe that can that can change things. And 
personally, I think keeping his, his uh, organization on notice is pretty smart. Yes, I 100% agree. I think I think this was a veiled um, uh, reminder, at least, to the team. Like, yes, you have me for three more years, signed for three more years, but, you know, I'm 22, 23 years old. Um you know, I've got a long career ahead of me. If you want me to stay, like, mm-hmm. and he go, he goes out of his way in the interview to say, like, his ideal situation is to win in Milwaukee. Um, but, it, you know, he's basically setting himself up to say, like, if it doesn't work out, like, if, if you guys can't put a team around me that makes sense, like, yeah, maybe I'm better suited. Maybe we're both better suited. Like, you could trade me, get a little value for me and I can go play somewhere else. Um, but, no, I agree. I, I, I don't think it's something to freak out about, but I definitely think it's something to be concerned about. Yeah. And it's interesting because what the Bucks did this year kind of reminds me of what the Pacers did last year. Like, the, the Pacers went out and got, like, Jeff Teague, and they had Monte Ellis, they had Paul George. They had this, like, mm-hmm. this roster that, like, on paper, like – like I think people forget how how reasonably good Monte Ellis was like two or three years ago, um, mm-hmm. and like now he's just like not even in the league. You know it's crazy, um, but that like it, you know they, and they had Thaddeus Young and they you know they had Miles Turner and it's like they have some good young talent, some good veteran talent, and a good mismatch like uh, mismatch, uh, mix mm-hmm. match whatever um, of, yeah. of talent and and it was like yeah, we got, like, we're going to compete this year. And I think, like, from um, like from an outsider's perspective, uh, I feel like Indiana made all the right moves uh, preseason, you know, to try and, like, get the right kind of talent to fit Paul George and everything. But it just didn't work. It just, like, it just mm-hmm. didn't work. And, like, I think Milwaukee is going through that this year. Like, they made the trade to get Eric Bledsoe, thinking that would work. They were hoping when Parker came back, he would kind of help out, and he hasn't really been that solid. Um, they still don't really have a center. Um, they, you know, they re-signed mm-hmm. Tony Snell to a four-year deal, and, like, kind of made sense at the time, but maybe in hindsight that wasn't the best decision as far as for cap flexibility. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's like – you know, on paper, we all thought Indiana was going to be pretty good last year. We, on paper, we all thought Milwaukee was going to be pretty good this year. Like, I feel like all mm-hmm. of us probably thought Milwaukee would be a home court advantage team, um, or right. at the very least, the fifth seed. Um, and it just hadn't worked out that way. Um, so, you know, I, I, I feel like Giannis is kind of basically giving the what Paul George said last season a couple seasons in advance as like a come on Milwaukee like let's let's you know make smart decisions get your fucking shit together cuz like it's yep. no guarantee that I'm going to stay here if you don't um and that's smart Plus they that's fired a coach that he smart. liked and, yeah and but all of that is super smart on his part um uh, but Juwan what are your thoughts on this I honestly find it laughable uh, for two reasons. One, he he somewhat contradicted himself with, without even really knowing that he did. Saying that you didn't want to go to these big markets, um, you prefer to stay in these small markets, 
is funny because the help that you want them to get don't want to go to small markets. They want to go to the bigger markets. So it's like the Bucks can't really get talent that doesn't want to be there. Like not many people are knocking down the door to go play with Giannis. Like I know people say that they're fans of Giannis yeah. or whatever, but when it comes time to go there, doesn't really seem like people are lining up that much. We'll see in this offseason. Yeah, no one wants to go to Milwaukee. Um, no one wants to go to Milwaukee. So it's, it's like cold the, the Bucks, just in general. The Bucks like, that's not even basketball. No. That's just that's just a fact. <laughs> oh, that's true. But the Bucks can't help Sorry, Milwaukee. to play in Milwaukee. Um, and the other part of that is what I find laughable is the same thing with Paul George. You know, you guys kind of need to get me more help and this and that. Yet they made the playoffs, and when it came time for Paul George to step up and give that team uh, the necessary boost that they needed to um, to possibly take it to Cleveland in that series, he didn't do it. He couldn't do it. Paul George didn't is not have a first it. option. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So when you look at Giannis, remember, Giannis Bucks made the playoffs option, last year. No, 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 no. Here are the parallels that I'm saying. The Bucks made yeah. the playoffs last year. And when the Bucks needed Giannis to step up and take it to the Raptors and win that series, he couldn't. And yeah. I, I'll, give him, I'll give him the same thing with Paul George. Maybe you could have used better help. I'll give you that. But you have to take what you have and make the best out of it. So if I'm the Bucks, I'm like, listen, we made the playoffs last year. You couldn't get it done. Same thing if I was the Pacers, I would have told Paul George. I don't know what you want me to do. Free agents don't want to come here. What, what do you want me? I can't make miracles. So it's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> right. all right, if you, if you think you're better suited somewhere else, I can get a shitload for you. So I'll deal you now. We can get over with. We can get this over with. Uh, to me, I have a real issue with these guys who are in smaller markets complaining about wanting bigger and better talent, but forget no one wants to play in that smaller in that smaller market. If you think about it, Damian Lillard, if you had an option to go anywhere in the NBA, you would not still want to be important. You would not. And you cannot Very sit true. there and lie to me and tell me that you would still want to be important. So these guys but, make it sound right, nice but for the, the, the hometown fans. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say the reason that, that, you know, obviously it's not that, you know, there's anything in Portland. It's just like you said, like the, the small, it's hard to attract uh, major market free agents. But like the thing is, most of these teams, if not all of these teams, don't have cap space for major market free agents. So I don't think, and I don't think these players are, are you know, uh, naive enough to think that like, they do, and 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 that you know, big name stars are going to come there. I think Giannis is more just like, you know, put the put a team around me that I can I can win with. Give me a stretch five. Give me go get me Nikola Vucevic. Like make a trade. Like make a make a responsible trade. Don't trade for Eric Bledsoe, who you know what's he shooting like thirty five percent from three, if that. I don't I don't know off the top of my head. I'll look it up. Um, but like make a make smart decisions and I, I I can kind of agree with them. I don't necessarily think they made the smartest decisions this season. Well, well, no, that's why I said, <clears throat> excuse me. I get that. But if I'm the bus, I'm saying, okay, that's fine. But we don't have that much, uh, like you said, cap space. But even then in the playoffs last year, that Bucks team could have beaten the Raptors. I'm sorry. Sure. This is nothing yeah. to do with, no, with you know, uh, they could have beaten the Raptors. They could have. 
Giannis' size alone, they could not stop it. The the problem Giannis has is he can't shoot efficiently. So the Raptors. So you got to put shooters around him. I get you. I get you. When you look at the team this year, you look at Snell, you look at Middleton, you look at Jabari. They're not the best Bledsoe shooters. Shooting, but if Giannis. Let's shooting. Bledsoe shooting 34.3% from three. You need better than that out of your starting point guard. I, um, I agree. It, it, but yeah. if Giannis – go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that's all. Go ahead. No, I was going to say if Giannis – because we have to remember this also. I think he's disappointed in the season as a whole for his individual self. Because think about how, how amazing he started the year and then how it started to drastically dip from there. Right. So if Giannis was continuously playing the way that he did at the start of the season, who you had on your team wouldn't wouldn't drastically matter because you're doing that well that you're you're boosting the rest of the team. So to me, I'm just like, I look at it and I'm like, dude, if you can get, if you get into the playoffs, which it looks like they're going to do, and you can bring back that Giannis that started the season, it'll make everybody else around you better. Obviously, it won't make them make more shots but it'll get them better looks because teams are, are, are doubling you. They have to double you because they can't stop you. So all I'm saying is I, I get what Giannis and Paul George were saying, but at the end of the day, when you get to the playoffs, that is when you're supposed to make your, uh, your stance. And those two guys in the, the, in the playoffs that they've had more recently have not been able to do that. So if I'm Giannis, I need to look within myself, and when I get my opportunity in the, the playoffs this year, step it up because what you can do then at that point is say, listen, I just averaged a double-double or triple-double or 30 points or whatever in the playoffs, and we still lost because this team is garbage. Rather than, all right, Giannis, you say the team's bad, but you didn't really play all that well either. So it's just one of those things where it's like you have to make it so difficult for them to deny the fact that you are so great and everything else around you on that team is so garbage that they either have to do something or you're out. And I think if I'm the Bucks, the situation I'm in now is you've dropped your game drastically uh, since the beginning of the year. So it's more so like the team, including yourself, has fallen off from where they were well, at that point. Sure. Right. Okay. I, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, my argument to that would be um, I think that Joel brought up a good point. Like, they fired the coach that he liked midway through the season and and just decided to play out the rest of the season without trying to figure out what their actual future was. Um, like, you – like, okay, let's take, for example, Portland. Portland was, what, the eighth seed last year? They're going to be the third seed this year? There was no major talent overhaul. Uh, Toronto, they are going to be the first seed this year. They were, like, third or fourth last year. There's no major talent overhaul on those teams. It's like it's not just about recruiting the best players. It's about getting the most out of what your roster has. And Milwaukee has not done that because they, for whatever reason, they're not getting the most out of their talent. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's certainly a problem of concern. And I I I agree with Giannis as far as like you know like. Make make what we have work. If it doesn't work, do what you can to try and you know make it you know better. 
Um, and, and, and like I said, don't get me wrong, I think they did. I think they tried with, with making the Bledsoe trade. I just don't think it was necessarily the right trade. Like, I, I don't think that, that really made them better. Like, is, is well, no. Eric Bledsoe... No, it wasn't. Yeah, is, is Eric wasn't Bledsoe... Enough. Yeah, it, it, is he better than, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, Brockman? Like, definitely not long-term. Um, in the sh- in the interim, in the short term, yeah, I mean he's a better player, but does he fit your system better? Um, you know, does it, like did, did you make a trade because you you were kind of desperate to get like another guy who's who's a solid player, and you were just like, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll work it out however we can, or did you make a trade to try and actually you know uh, improve your system? Um, and I, I think it's the former. I don't think it's the latter. Um, but, well, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, but like, go ahead and and uh, give me your thoughts on that, and then we'll uh, we'll move on. No, I was just gonna say really quickly w- with the Bledsoe trade, that was something we all thought was a good move. But looking, mm-hmm. yes, you did. know, us us knowing now, it's like okay, maybe it wasn't. But if you're the Bucks, you know, no one would have thought bringing Bledsoe to the Bucks would have been a bad move. It seemed like a really good move, and I mean, he just had it a thirty-seven a point game the other the right. other night. So I mean, Bledsoe does help that team. Does he help it consistently? Right. Maybe not. Um, but it was one of those things where it was like no one thought it was a bad does move, his stats or translate it wasn't wins. the best. Say, say it again. I'm sorry. Does does his stats translate to wins? They don't. Not consistently, but he has had some some right. pretty good games uh, for the yeah. Bucks. Yeah, I can't yeah, call no, that I mean, no argument here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, yeah, and I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying, I'm saying if I'm Giannis and like I, I look at that. I'm, I'm looking at it like, you know, maybe we need to have people who make better decisions, who are smarter than the three of us, who thought it was a good, you know, a reasonably good trade. Um, because there's 30 GMs in the league. Like, those 30 GMs should be way smarter than all of us blog boys who are talking about it. Like, I'm just, you know, like, they, they yeah, should be. I think so. Um, yeah, so, uh, and, and, you know, it, there's there's often times where I feel like I'm smarter than half the GMs in the league. So, um, you know, but what are you going to do? But let's move on. Uh, we got, we got, uh, Several different topics to uh, to cover before we uh, end the show. We got about thirty minutes left. Uh, Hassan Whiteside is upset. Uh, he's not getting the adequate amount of playing time in Miami. He's averaging about twenty five minutes on the season, but his playing time has even dipped on the um, last half of the season. Um, they're playing Olenek a lot of minutes. Uh, in an effort to stretch the floor, and Bam Adebayo's emergence has also contributed to Whiteside's frustration. Um, guys, what do you think about Hassan Whiteside being upset about not playing, and do you think he'll be a part of uh, the Miami Heat next year? Uh, Joel. I'm not 100% confident he will be, honestly. Uh, I think me and Joel were talking about it this weekend. Um, it 
I would like they have enough there that I don't think they need him as much as they did at the time when they signed him. Because uh, yep. it kind of was foolish for them to like let him go because of like, the stats he was putting it up, you know. Right. Um, mm-hmm. He's still a good commodity to have, and we're like he would be really good on a team like Milwaukee that can use a big that yep. can as long as they are because they're a stupid long team in Milwaukee. So a guy that can rebound, block shots, you know, protect the paint, um, score a little bit. I think he'd be perfect over there in Milwaukee. And, and like, if I'm Milwaukee, I'd probably try to go for a guy like Hassan Whiteside if he's available, uh, which, which could be possible this summer. But uh, am I 100% confident he'll be there next year? No. I think it is possible he he gets traded or definitely get traded is probably the only way he's going to he's, he's out of there <laughs> because I doubt they're buying him out. So definitely a possibility he leaves. Uh, so that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I... – I pretty much agree. I, I think the point at which Milwaukee, I'm sorry, not Milwaukee, Miami is at, uh, you just, you don't need him anymore. And it, I think you articulated it perfectly. Like, they needed him when they signed him. They didn't know when they drafted Bam Adebayo that he was going to be what he is becoming. Um, and you signed Kelly Olenek, who's like the perfect kind of stretch five, um, you can play some four, but is probably best suited as like a, a small ball stretch five, um, and and it just it it just means like Whiteside is is not your guy uh, for that team anymore, um, and I think Eric Spolstra kind of realizes that, um, and thus you know he's you know Whiteside's getting seven less minutes a game than he did last year and his minutes have been consistently trailing off uh for you know the the bulk of the year. Uh but Juwan, what are your thoughts on uh Whiteside's comments? I think he's uh he's taking a risky gamble with the one organization I well let me not say the one Danny Ainge doesn't play that shit either. Um that's that's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. You go to you go to Pat you say, listen, my minutes are, are dropping. What can I do to get my minutes back up? Um, that and then the realistic fact of the league is about shooting from one to five. The, the league likes the idea yeah. of their point guards all the way through to the center. a terrible mid-range shooter able... no. no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. Though. But yeah. Olenek can yeah. shoot threes. So I'd yeah, rather have correct. that than the guy who could just give me a really good mid-range. I, I'd like a guy I can kick Not it out really to. Not really good, just uh, average. Mm-hmm. Just average, sorry. Um, yeah. so, I mean, just the history of what the game's turning into is something he just has to realize. I mean, again, with the Bucks, a team that doesn't really seem like it's, one, either that good, or two, tries that many threes, I would be glad to have uh, a center that long who can defend and has an average mid-range. Um Excuse me. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's, where it's like, Hassan, you have to see where the game's going. You have to understand that. Like, Olenek can make a five come all the way out of the paint to guard him. Can't really right. say the same for you. So, it's like, it's just, it, come on, man. Like, it, it's the science of the game. You have to see that. Uh, but, again, as far as him calling out the, the team publicly, that's not how you do it, man. Not with that organization. You You go and you talk to Pat and you see what, what he can do. Because now what I feel as though uh, is going to happen with him is uh, come playoffs, he's really not going to play because Pat Riley seems like one of those guys who likes to prove that I don't need you. <laughs> I'm paying you, but I still don't really need you. 
Uh, and I could see Hassan being a draft day uh, trade. Um, you know, maybe, again, not necessarily first-round uh, high pick kind of thing, but I could see wherever Milwaukee's at, Milwaukee trading um, to to get Hassan on, on draft day. So th- th- that's kind of where I'm at with Hassan. Yeah, I uh... – I can see Milwaukee doing it. I again, I don't, I don't like it because again, he can't spread the floor, and neither can Giannis. Um, so you've got two guys on your court who can't spread the floor. Bledsoe's not great at it either. Um, so that leaves you with Middleton and Snell, both of which can spread the floor. But if you've only got two guys on your squad who can do that, that's that's troubling. Ideally, you want four guys on your squad who can do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could totally see Milwaukee uh, just going ahead and doing it, and, and maybe it would be successful. Um, I I think they'll they'll find it hard to find a, a, a trading partner that they're going to get a lot of value from. Um, I think that's one of the reasons that so many people lauded the – Clippers uh, for for getting so much for Blake Griffin um, because they there were probably so few actual trading partners out there on the market and they were able to get you know reasonable value uh, very very not even reasonable like very good value for for trading him um, I I think it would be interesting I brought this up last week um, if LeBron does decide he wants to go back to Miami. Um, and he opts in and requests a trade there. Uh, Miami, as devoid as they are of picks, actually do on their 2019 pick. Uh, they could trade Justice Winslow, Hassan Whiteside, um, in their 2019 pick for LeBron James. Um, I don't think that'll happen. I give it 0% chance of happening. Um, but to me, that makes the most sense of how uh, a trade like that could be constructed because of you know, what you think you might be able to get for a guy like Hassan Whiteside, who is a really, really good center. Um, he's probably a top 10 center maybe in in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. Easily top 15. Like, he's easily in the, you know, the upper echelon of starting centers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, he was yeah, the second I don't too. Yeah, he was like number. He was like a Draymond type pick. Like he was like high second yeah, rounder. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He was with the King. Um, but yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how that kind of whole situation plays out. Um, I definitely think Miami is going to try to trade him this off season. Um, the biggest thing will be um, what do they get back in that in that kind of those trade conversations. And, um, you know, what they end up either settling for or do they, like, just hit a home run. Like, Milwaukee is the kind of team you could hit a home run with because they're, you know, they got this, this this smell of desperation coming off them. And you're like, hey, we'll give you a son mm-hmm. side for a couple of players you don't want. And, you know, give us a first-round pick. And then, hey, that first-round pick ends up being, like, number 17. And then you draft another, you know, uh, John Collins or Bam Adebayo or you know Donovan Mitchell or whatever you know, um, right? So, so yeah, it, it, it'll be really interesting to kind of see how that plays out. I I I really do question though as to whether 
um, they will be able to get a quality first-round pick for him. Not sure about that. We'll yeah. see. So um, I'm not super confident myself. Yeah, it's just it, it's, it's the way the game is changed and, and, and his stats is just contract it's very questionable. Yeah, his contract as well. Um, like $24 million next season, I think, and or 25 something like that. Uh, and then I think mm-hmm. 27 the following. So, like, which is a player option, but a player option he's going to take because you're not going to get $27 million on the open market. Um, but at least probably not. Word. Um, but let's move on. Speaking of, uh, of, of contracts and, 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 and free agency, uh, Jaleel Okafor continues to see little to no playing time in Brooklyn, uh, even with the team obviously outside the playoff picture and his free agency pending. Guys, is Jaleel Okafor officially a huge, huge bust, Joel? Is he ever gonna be? Is he ever gonna be a, a, a even a backup NBA, a quality backup NBA center? Uh, fuck. Uh, he's a bust for where he was picked. I'm not saying that his career is over. It's still too early for that. Um, for me at sure. least, because I've seen guys come back from nowhere to something. So there is a chance he could like make a name for himself in the G League and develop and maybe over time he finds a spot somewhere else in the future. But as of right now that those both of those picks don't look very good. D'Angelo Russell and Joey Alford. Um and I applauded Brooklyn for getting both of those guys, um, because they were high lottery picks and they have high upside. Um, but at the same time as you can see, they're I mean D'Angelo Russell's playing, but Joel Alford is not at all playing. And it's kinda sad. I'm really sad for him. But honestly, you gotta work for it, dog. You know, so if you're not playing, it's because you ain't working for it. That team's so, like that team's ass. Like you can't get minutes on the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Now, honestly, right. they play hard, so maybe he's just he's got like a shit ton of DMPs. Like just like did not like coach's decision did not even play him. And you know who like like okay, I get it. Y'all want to give Jared Allen minutes, but you know who's the I, next yep. best center on that team? Timothy fucking Mozgov. Like, <laughs> come oh, on, man. How are you not getting minutes on the fucking Brooklyn Nets? <laughs> and, and you know what's crazy? I, don't know. I looked up I looked up Moscow's minutes uh, just to, like, yeah. see what he was getting. Should he ain't getting any minutes either. So I don't know who the fuck they're playing as their their, their second string center, but it ain't Okafor, oh, it ain't Mozgov, and that serves even as a worse omen for Okafor. Is like they're playing somebody who should be playing with the three or the four as their small ball backup center in place of of Allen. Like, oh, uh-huh. it sucks, man. Hey, uh, I, I feel they're playing I feel really so small bad ball. For the they're doing. Yes. Like, you're playing, like, Jamari <laughs> Carroll at your five. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Or or Dante Cunningham. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It, or it, Quincy it's, AC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess AC would probably have the, like, biggest frame to, to try and bang down in the paint with those guys. <laughs> he's like a one um, six seven that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's six seven six eight, But he's a big six seven six eight. Um, But, yeah, man, yeah, I feel... I feel bad for him. I, I like I I kinda of feel the same way that I I feel for um uh uh 
Derrick Rose. Like, just go mm-hmm. to China, man. Go to China, like, because the best you're going to get next season is like a fucking is like a veteran or or, or like a minimum. You're not even going to get a veteran minimum because you're coming off a rookie contract. So you're going to get like a really shit pay contract. Like, mm-hmm. you go to China, you're going to dominate those motherfuckers. And you're going to, like, kind of revitalize your career. Um, we've seen it with, like, Brandon Jennings and other various people, like, who, you know, had the brass to, like, kind of go over there and kind of, like, reboot or whatever. Um, like, just just go ahead and do that. Like, that that's honestly what I feel at this point. Like, just, just I, I hope his agent is, like, exploring those options as we speak because, like, he would dominate over in China. Like, his offensive skill and the fact that they don't have guys who can, like, shoot like we do here, um, he he would be a remarkable uh, spectacle to see um, in, in in the China Basketball League. Um, plus, it's, right. it's it's a lot easier schedule and all that, like, which we've been over. Well, just, um, and the contracts are getting way what, better over there. Yeah, or just do what Trey Burke did this year. Dominate the G League. If you're good and you believe in yourself, you should be able to dominate the G League. Let people see that you're that good. Someone's going to pick you up. You're not going to let us the rest of the season in the G League if you're if you're putting up numbers. You're just not. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Juwan, what are your thoughts? I don't think he's a bust. Uh, I think the reason he's not playing now is I think uh, he lost his confidence and he's it's translating in his attitude. Uh, I think that that that's the biggest issue that that he's going through. Uh, but to me, I find it understandable. I mean, I feel as though Philly didn't give him a fair enough shake. Uh, they drafted him. Uh, did they draft him before Nerlens, or did they draft Nerlens first? Nerlens. I think so. Nerlens first. I think Nerlens got so, hurt. Yeah, no, no, Everybody yeah. Nerlens was the year before. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Nerlens right. was the year before yeah. Okafor. So yeah. I feel yeah. as though I feel as though Oak because of how right. I feel as though because of how dominant. Embiid and how transcendently great Embiid is. Um, he never really got a fair shake. And, I mean, that's the same thing we said about Nerlens. He never really got a fair shake. Uh, and then he went to a team yeah, that Nerland. didn't really – and then he went to a team that didn't really want to play him either. Like, So it's just one of those things where Oof. it's like it's, they, they're not finding the right spots for them to maybe grow. Um, but as far as bust, I look at the idea of actual bust and I can't put guys who haven't had a fair shake. It's not like these guys were drafted high, played, and then they're just garbage. Like, I just feel as though they haven't had a fair chance to actually be successful. Um, but I agree with Joel. Uh, pull, pull a Trey Burke. Go show people why you're valuable. Um, yeah. You're never going to get the money that, that you want, uh, that you wanted, that not you right thought now. you were worth. Uh, no, I – the money that he could have gotten that we would have thought he would have coming out of college, like he was amazing in college. And you would have thought after his rookie deal, he would have been one of those guys that got that, you know, really weird high number, obviously not something like Westbrook or something, but just a weird high number for a guy like that uh, who can't really shoot or anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But then it just turned out. People were saying he was the next Tim Duncan. I'm I'm not saying like obviously they were wrong. (laughs) But, like, right. that's what people were saying, like, in his draft stock. Like, it's ridiculous, like, you know. And I look at him and I say, it's not like 
Like, when I think bust, I think Anthony Bennett, a guy who played and is just garbage. Oof. I don't yeah. – I, I, can't, I can't say that about Okafor. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't even say that about Nerland. We haven't well, and, seen and, and, and an opportunity he, yet. He, despite, like, his team playing like shit, he played well in his first season when he got the minutes, right. when he was the right. starting center for that team. Because uh, both Nerland was hurt. Uh, or wait, wait. Uh, yeah, Nerland was hurt. Um, and uh, – Embiid uh, was hurt, and and he got all the minutes, and he played super well, and that's when they should have traded him. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I think either China G League or you know find yourself a roster who really needs a backup center who could post up and score the ball. Um, OKC, mm-hmm. I know we mentioned them earlier in the season, kind of comes to mind. Like if if you want to sign a minimum contract with them, just to kind of prove yourself. Because um, you're you're probably gonna get minutes over Dakari Johnson. Just saying, um, that it, like maybe 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 <laughs> that can work itself out. I mean, you're gonna have to get yourself in there it. and compete, but like, it, it, hopefully that'll work itself out. All right, Juwan, real quick. I will say, if you're Okafor, I bet you wish you got uh, drafted by the Knicks uh, instead of the Sixers, because we know the Knicks would give him probably getting played now. <laughs> exactly, yeah. they would pay him. That's they'd, pay him him. And play him. they'd pay him yeah. and play him exactly yeah exactly um, alright let's move on uh, Pat McCall had to be stretchered off the court uh, after being injured by Vince Carter underneath the basket McCall's MRI uh, revealed his injury was structurally sound uh, but no timetable has been listed for his return um, guys just real briefly uh did you see the play? What did you think about the play? Uh, it, I didn't think it was necessarily a dirty play. I mean, Vince Carter obviously felt very bad afterwards, both after the injury and after the um, – and, uh, again, another another hit to the to the Warriors as far as, uh, you know, their, their, their mm-hmm. roster. Uh, Jawan. Um, best of wishes. Uh, to him, uh, me and Joel were talking about this. It was not a dirty play by Vince. Uh, it was a very, no. uh, I'd say, stupid play because um, the guy was already at the rim, so there's like no need to kind of do anything. Just let him get the layup. Um, but by no means can a guy who turned down the Golden State to go play with the Kings. There's no way I would ever say a guy like that could be dirty. Um, and Vince has just been an upstanding guy. Uh, his entire time in the league. So, no, it wasn't a dirty play. He's not a dirty player. It was just very foolish on, on his part. And I guarantee you, uh, between now and when he retires, you'll never see something like that uh, from Vince again. Yeah, probably, you're probably right. So, well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, freak accident, I don't think he meant that at all. He he definitely moved into him. It was a little bit of a reckless play. He, he probably didn't think it all the way through as he was doing it. Um, and obviously shit went down and he got real hurt and we all felt for Patrick McCall, but you could see the worry in business face after he went down. He was, he was upset with himself and he was upset that the, the happen happened. And, but hopefully, uh, Patrick's okay. I think he is okay. I think he, he stated that he was okay, but, um, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but sucks for when that, whenever that ever happens. And he's a good young player, so hopefully it won't be for long. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 
I echo the exact sentiments that you all illustrated very well. Um, let's move on. Uh, playoff picture. In the East, uh, 3, 4, and 5 are right there with one another. We got the Cavs uh, a half game ahead of the Sixers and uh, one game ahead of the Pacers. Um, and then you got to like a kind of drop off. I think we got our three, four, five. I don't think anybody from six, seven, and eight is going to jump up into that bracket at this point. Um, the Wizards are a game above the Heat and the Bucks. Um, how do y'all see this all shaking out? Um, do you think it'll kind of? I, honestly, I kind of feel like maybe the Pacers are still four, um, just because obviously Embiid's injured. Um, but I, I mean, I think for the most part, we've got our Eastern Conference, uh, you know, bracket pretty much set. Uh, Joel. No, yeah, I agree. I don't see much movement going on. There might be some uh, change, a uh, little change, like maybe Boston might be able to overtake Toronto at the top spot. It's possible. Philly uh, obviously would beat out. It doesn't look likely that they'll be able to overtake Cleveland at three, uh, but they could probably be overtaken by Indiana, like you just said. Um, Miami and Milwaukee are interchangeable. I'm not sure myself who's going to get that spot. Um, I don't think it really matters. <laughs> um, right. But that's where I'm at with the East. Uh, there could be there's obviously room for changes, but I don't think it'll be anything drastic unless Detroit makes like a never losing again type of streak and overtakes one of the seven to eight spots. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, but I doubt that happens. <laughs> yeah, I don't foresee that happening either. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, the Celtics are only two games back from the Raptors. Granted, we have like five or six games left in the season, so it's so unlikely mm-hmm. that they overtake them. But um, the Celtics have been balling out with their reserves. It's it's been ridiculous. Yep. Jalen Jalen Brown started knocking down that shot. <laughs> um, yeah, yep, that's what it boils down to. Um, but uh, Juwan, what are your thoughts? On the east, uh, I do think the only change will be uh, Cleveland, uh, not Cleveland. I'm sorry, Boston overtaking Toronto. They do play Toronto again Ooh. this week, um, so they do have the opportunity to overtake them, and I believe that they will. Uh, they understand how uh, how important it is to be that uh, that that number one seed. I think they're getting real comfortable with the idea of being that number one seed. Uh, so I think if there's any change, it'll be uh, it'll be from them. Interesting. I I like it. Uh, that's your hot take for the day. I'm, I'm deeming it such. Uh, <laughs> Western Conference. Western Conference is is even more interesting uh, because we got some some teams on the fray that are are knocking on the door. Um, obviously, one and two are are, are very much set. Uh, the Blazers are pretty locked in at three. They get a three-game lead on the Spurs uh, for the third-place spot. But from four to eight and even ten, uh, the Spurs uh, are four. They got a half-game lead on the Thunder. Uh, the Thunder have a half-game lead on the Jazz, who are at six. The Timberwolves are uh, a half-game back from the Jazz at seven and the Pelicans are half came back uh from the Timberwolves and they're at eight and the Nuggets and Clippers are still in the mix. The Nuggets are a game back on the Pelicans and the Clippers are two games back from the Pelicans. Guys, 
what do you think about all this craziness going on in the West, and how do you think it'll all shake out? I'm crossing my fingers, personally, for Thunder in the seventh seed to face the Golden State Warriors. But, Joel, what are your thoughts? Uh, that'd be cool. I mean, it's it's really just like a roll of the dice at this point with like all these guys. <laughs> That's like from four to eight. Um, you could even get some Denver and LA sneaking in if they play well. Um, like New Orleans is on a, on a losing streak at the moment. Um, uh, hopefully they can rebound yeah. or else they're going to fall out of the playoffs. Um, right. And Minnesota is also on the brink. Um, they're a team that that can't be playing Don't around. Uh, I'm not sure. Don't say this to me. Man. That's true. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, is he back yet? He's not back yet, right? Nah, he's not back yet. When, when is he supposed to return, you know? I, I thought it was I, around the timetable is unclear. Yeah, like, unclear? I mean, That's I did. Good. It's, I, I think maybe he'll come back uh, before the playoffs if they need him to. Um, but the, the, the timetable is, is not defined. It's unclear. All right. Well, you know, they, they're scary. It's a scary time for all those. Even Utah, and I, I love Utah, but, you know, they, they <laughs> can, if they fuck up at any point down the line, they could easily fall right out of it. I'm just I'm happy for the Spurs because there was a moment there where I was like, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs <laughs> this year. And then they just what they turned it on. I don't know what they did. I don't know what on button they turned on, but Coach Pop's like, fuck you, motherfuckers. Let's do this. And maybe uh, <laughs> uh, went around. They, hey, they uh, could still miss just, it, man. They could. They like could. The, the they difference, the difference between yeah, the difference between them and the ninth seed is three games. Like, I mean, and they don't have. I, it, it, at least as far as I know. I mean, I know Aldrich went down with an injury. I don't. I don't know if he's back. Um, I, but he, he was. I mean, if you're yeah, it, it, yeah, if you're playing without Aldridge and Kawhi, like. Fuck. That's scary. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Juwan, your thoughts on the Western Conference playoff picture? Um, where did you say the Jazz were? They were the seventh seed? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I pretty much uh, no, see it kind of six. staying that way. Six. They're six six, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm really hoping that they can they can tough it out and um and remain in the playoffs because it really helped me with my Donovan Mitchell uh, <laughs> um rookie of the year pitch. Um yeah. but also I'm really worried about the Pelicans, man. I I desperately want to see Anthony Davis in the playoffs. I hate me the idea too. of him not being in it. Um I don't know if you but, will, man. You know, I may not. I, I may know. not. And it, it, it's gonna suck. But I'm gonna be honest. If I had to choose between Minnesota and the Pelicans, I really want Cat to have his his first crack at the playoffs. Um, so I'd they much rather have Cat. He needs it. Uh, have his they both first, need, yeah. his first crack at. I need it. Um, My AD, team. AD needs had it. <laughs> well, yeah, you need it for for them. Um, but I I really do think that if Jimmy can come back healthy, that team can really make a little bit of noise. So I'm re- I'm I'm really hoping that uh, Cat can uh, can help that team get uh, get in there and stay in there. But as far as the Spurs, they will make it. Uh, even though Lamarcus uh, went down, I believe they will make it. If any coach can take just like garbage bags and pencils and make them a playoff team, it'd be Popovich. Um, so 
So I, I think he could take that nursing home and, and help them be a, a playoff team. So I'm saying that the uh, the the way the playoffs look right now for the West is kind of what it's going to be. Uh, but right now Minnesota's not in, right? No, Minnesota's seven. Yeah, they're in. They're seven. Yeah. They're in? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. I, I see it shaping out kind of exactly how, how it is now. Yeah, I hope so. I, yeah. I I hope both Minnesota and and the Pelicans make the playoffs. I hope Pelicans go on a winning streak. I hope they get the sixth seed. I hope Jazz gets the fifth seed. I hope Thunder slot to the seven and the Timberwolves slot into the eight. Like, I just want to see that bottom bracket jumble up. Uh, eight seed for us would be perfect uh, for the Hawks and uh, seeing the Thunder face off against the. Uh, Warriors in the first round would just be fucking amazing. Like, that would be awesome. Um, but anyway, great show, fellas. Uh, I uh, yes, yes. thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Jawan, what we got on deck for the week, my friend? Uh, we have the return of Top Ten uh, this Saturday. Kanan also has an interview tomorrow with someone from Westworld. Um, so stay tuned wow, for that. Nice. Uh, I believe Dane has his interview with Christopher Daniels uh, this Fallen Wednesday. Angels. He also nice. will be doing his WrestleMania uh, pre-show, pretty much. Um, yeah. And then we're back. We're back Thursday. <laughs> and then Sunday is the return of Geek Vibes Live uh, from its, uh, I think, one week break or two. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I should have. One know. week hiatus. <laughs> We had to let, let the people celebrate Easter. Absolutely. But stay tuned. Thank we you. will be releasing you, our Chris Williams, uh, <laughs> our Chris Williams interview. So stay tuned for that. We had a lot of fun. Thank you so much to Chris. Amazing guy. Uh, but that's pretty much it, I believe. Hell yeah, man. That sounds like a, a very uh, awesome lineup that we got prepared for all of you fans out there. Uh, and we're excited to present it to you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was another fun show. We had a great time uh, presenting it to you. And we will see you on Thursday at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Peace. Peace out, dog. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.